but you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and in all Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. We saw last week that really Acts 1.8 is the contents page of the book of Acts. How there are three books. Firstly, when the church reaches out to Jerusalem. Then secondly, when it reaches out to Judea and Samaria. And then thirdly, how it reaches out to the ends of the earth. It goes to Rome. And last week I tried to show that really that isn't just the contents page of Acts, but actually it is the manual for local churches. It is really the way that we should be thinking. So we should always be reaching our area, our Jerusalem. We should also always be thinking of the area around us, our nation, our people groups. But as well, we should always have a global vision. And really, I explained last week that I had deliberately chosen this picture, the ripple effect. Because I think that is how things happen. That Jesus, boom, bombs into our life, changes our heart, gives us new affections, gives us a new love. And the church then spreads out. And that actually Jesus doesn't just drop the gospel and then leave us, but gives us the Holy Spirit. So that those ripple effects then are pushed out. Like the moon drawing the sea back and forth. So too Jesus, by his Spirit, pushes the church out and out and out. And in Acts chapter 1, we see that promise that as we go, the Holy Spirit will be given to us. And in chapter 2, we see Pentecost. And so we see the promise in chapter 1 and we see Pentecost in chapter 2, which means that we now have power poured out. The Christian, the church, always has the power of the Holy Spirit and at times can have more power. But we need to understand and have confidence that we have power to reach out. Now today, as we continue our series in Acts chapter 1 verse 8, we have to ask the question, where is our Jerusalem and how do we reach it? Where is our Jerusalem and how do we reach it? Well, basically, when I say Jerusalem, I mean where you are where you are. That is where you belong. So the early church were in Jerusalem. That's where they belonged. That's where they were at home. It was the natural place to be. And if you remember in the Great Commission, the Great Commission says, therefore go, but really means as you go. So where you are, that is where you share the gospel. For the Christian, evangelism, mission, outreach is never something you will go to do. It is something you must do where you are. And you can go to do it, but you must do it where you are. And in effect, your Jerusalem is the most natural place for evangelism. And in some senses, the most needed place. God has put you where you are for now. And so for Cornerstone Evangelical Church, Abergavenny is our Jerusalem. Abergavenny and really the kind of dotted villages around as a church. Um, naturally, uh, we draw Abergavenny and Gilwen out towards kind of Pandy and that area. As you go further on, there aren't many gospel churches. And so you have that kind of circle around Abergavenny. Really, where people come into Abergavenny to shop, that kind of is our, our Jerusalem. It's very important for us to understand that. And so as a church... Really, our first step in our mission is Abergavenny and area. That is our Jerusalem. But as a church, we're made up of individuals. 
Uh, and individuals within the church live in different areas of Abergavenny and area. And that gives you actually a more specific uh, place. So as a church, we're for Abergavenny and area, but our members make up specific areas. So for example, as I said, some live in Gilwen and we'll reach out in Gilwen. Some live over in Pandy and we'll reach out in Pandy or in uh, Waterstone Common and we'll reach out there. Some of us in Abergavenny live on the west side or the east side. Some of us live in lots of different places. And so we have a kind of smaller Jerusalem. And all of us really are part of that bigger Abergavenny Jerusalem. But today, in 2021, society is very different from kind of uh, 35 AD, uh, 40 AD, when the Book of Acts was kind of growing and going forward. The way of society has changed. Things like industrialization, transportation, um, the uh, internet have, have made society very different. And so today, um, when we think of our Jerusalem, I think actually it involves um, three things. Three things. Let me give you an example of these um, three things. I've got a few charts this morning. I hope you don't mind um, charts. But what we see here is home, work and social. So Jerusalem is our, our home. We must see that ultimately where you live is where you must reach out. So if it's on a street, it's your street. If it's in a complex, it's your complex. If it's in a cul-de-sac, it's your cul-de-sac. If it's in a little village somewhere where there's only a small handful of people, it is that small uh, village. If you're halfway on a hill, it is um, that hill. Really, it's your home, your, your area, your, your square mile at times. And that really is the first place we should be sharing the gospel. So my sister, uh, when she was around 18, became a Christian. Um, and so I became her first mission. Um, she came home, she'd become a Christian. And so she took me everywhere and anywhere to hear the gospel. Why? Because you share the gospel where you're home. But it can also be that Sometimes we share the gospel at home for many years. I've shared before of a faithful uh, saint, a lady called Anne Jacobs, a real dear um, in my first uh, church, and her husband um, wasn't a Christian. I, I would say that for a number of years he was very antagonistic to Christianity, but he was very uh, good to me, and I would go and visit them every week or so and uh, have a nice little cup of tea, and very often she'd make me a lovely plate of egg and chips. Um, and we'd sit there and we'd share the gospel, and, and John every once in a while would come to church, but really didn't want to have anything to do with Christianity. and loved him quietly. Very much was kind of in that mould of, of 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 the New Testament that says that you know when you're in that circumstance, just just love, love quietly. Don't nag. Don't go on and on and on. And and she did. She just lived the gospel out quietly. And when she had opportunity, she invited him or shared. Or every once in a while, he'd watch something along uh, with her. And Jacobs had a huge battle with cancer, and in the end. Um, she went to be with the Lord. And when uh, she passed away, John wasn't a Christian. And that was a great difficulty for her. But a couple of years later, when John himself was ill, I remember he called the elders. And one of my elders, um, Peter, went to see him and led him to the Lord in the hospice. What a surprise that must have been for Anne in heaven. Having prayed for her husband and loved him for years. And yet after she'd gone to glory, 
he joined her in glory. And, and so home is, is vital. Look at the New Testament. Timothy, for example, was converted really through the testimony of his mother and grandmother. And so it's very important, you grandmothers out there, you grandparents, that you share the gospel, that you start at home, understanding that sometimes these things take years. And so home where you are is the first place. But it's not just home, it's work. You see, years ago, where you lived is where you worked, literally sometimes in your house. And then the Industrial Revolution comes and everybody's moving around. Uh, it's just the way of the kind of economy and how work. And so many of you now, outside of the pandemic at least, uh, work away from Abergavenny. Many of you live in Abergavenny but travel to Hereford or to Cardiff or um, to various different places. And so actually your workplace and the people that you work with, because they travel from home, don't actually live in Abergavenny. So you spend the majority of your living life in work and the many people that you spend your time with working don't actually live in Abergavenny. And we need to understand that that is still your Jerusalem. Your Jerusalem is your work. You cannot say it's either home or work. It's not either or, it's both and. And so actually work, I think, for children, for young people, that means your school. Um, that yes, you're to share the gospel where you are, but as well you share the gospel in your schools amongst your friends or uh, groups of friends when you're homeschooling, uh, out again outside of the pandemic, when you're meeting together for different activities and, and learning activities. We need to understand. So there are members of our church um, who travel the world or work online around the world. That is still, I think, your Jerusalem. But there is a third place when it comes to evangelism. It's not just home, it's not just work, but it's social. It's social, that is where you socialize, where your friends are. So for young mums, that would be a mother and toddlers group outside of the pandemic. Perhaps now it would be on social media sites and websites such as Mumsnet. Or perhaps it's in sports teams. So those of you who are into cycling or into football um, or, or netball, that is your Jerusalem, your sports teams. And even online forums like Facebook can be your Jerusalem. In fact, I would go so far as to say social groupings. So, if, for example, some of you are involved in um, social groupings that are fighting for better justice or uh, want to see an increase in environmental concern and creation care. Wonderful. That is your Jerusalem. So it's where you are, your home, it's where you work and it's where you socialise. That's why we have organisations like Christians in Sport because we want to help people where they are, their Jerusalem, to reach out. Now it's fair to say that in life those ratios change and that's Fine. So for some of you at the moment, you haven't got time for social and you're not in work. Actually, your home and where you are is 95% of your life, young mums. Your children are your main focus. When things go back to normal, the school gate will be your main focus. You may not be in work that way for a long time. That is okay. It's where you are retired people. You don't go to work anymore. Um, some of you are in the home on your own, but actually social, going out, being parts of groups, going out and being um, uh, involved in things in your block of flats. That is now where you are and spending 
your time. We need to see that these places can change. I want to make it fluid so that you understand your Jerusalem is where you're spending your time. That is where God has put you. And I think what happens is, as we seek to reach our Jerusalem, I think it's fair to say the one that we spend the most time in actually sometimes is the hardest. The one where we spend the most time is sometimes the hardest. It's easier to reach out to strangers than to people we love. And it's sometimes easier to reach out to someone for the first or second time than the 52nd time. But we need to understand that we still need to reach out. Let me show you three ways in which we reach out to our Jerusalem. How do we then reach out to our um, Jerusalem? Let's go back to another three circles. One, two, three. Um, firstly, we reach out by communication. Now, let me show you this from Acts. I want to show you book one of Acts where they're reaching Jerusalem and show you the three ways in which they reach Jerusalem. The first thing is communication. So the day of Pentecost comes in chapter 2 and what does Peter do? He preaches the gospel. He explains all about Jesus. Even when they're healing people, they're explaining the gospel. When you read the New Testament letters which were written around the time of the book of Acts and during the time of the book of Acts, they're always being encouraged, as Peter says, to be able to give a reason for the hope that you have, that uh, Paul is able to pray, please help me to proclaim the gospel clearly as I should. Evangelism, as James Sibley taught us so well last night, if you haven't seen last Sunday night's uh, sermon seminar, you need to look at that. Evangelism primarily is gospeling. It's telling the good news about Jesus. Ultimately, whatever evangelism is, it is never less than sharing the good news of Jesus Christ. Now, when I say communication, I don't just mean preaching, I mean talking. I don't just mean talking, I mean typing on social media. Ultimately, it's showing people something of the good news of Jesus Christ. It's showing about how Jesus is better than all the rest. It's about at Christmas, teaching how Jesus has stepped down into darkness. He's not a distant and aloof God, but he is the God who has stepped down into our world at Easter. It's about talking to people about Jesus who died for us, who even though he knew we sinned so much and reject him, was willing to go on the cross and die for us. It's on that Easter Sunday to tell people that he has risen from the dead, that even though COVID-19 is just storming on in our society at the moment and people are dying over one and a half thousand people a day, but yet Jesus has beaten death. And for the Christian to die is to fall asleep. Remember what we learned in 1 Thessalonians? And to be with him forever. We need to communicate not just a philosophy and not just propositions, but a person. Tell them about Jesus. That's ultimately what evangelism is. It could be saying something like this. I've been really worried lately, but I've been praying to Jesus. Because Jesus says that he knows the number of hairs on my head and that he cares for me. It's about saying something like, do you know what? I've been feeling lonely lately, but I was online with my church this week and I was reminded about Jesus, that he's always with me, that he never leaves me nor forsakes me. It's about telling people, do you know what? I'm really sorry that I said that because I, I shouldn't have said it. I really messed up. I, I just want to apologise. But you know, as a Christian, I, I admit I get things wrong. I'm not perfect. But as a Christian, I believe that Jesus has died to forgive me. And that helps me. It's wonderful. That's what gospeling 
telling it is. So we must communicate. But it's not just communicate. When you read the book of Acts, they didn't just speak and communicate. Secondly, they had community. They had community. One of the interesting things about the book of Acts and the early church is the place of church community. Uh, it's once said that really people would look at the church and say, see how they love one another. And really, when you look at the New Testament church and the big battle of the New Testament church is to make it multi-ethnic, where there's men and women, people of high class and low class, where there's people of different social backgrounds, where there are people of different ethnic backgrounds, where there are Jew and Gentiles, Greek and Scythians, and, and so forth and so on. The whole idea of, of the church is to show that you don't have to be a particular person to come in. Everybody is welcome. And that when you look at the New Testament church, they are struggling with mess all the time. They're falling out. They're having disasters. And what happens? Forgive, forgive, forgive. What is one of the most popular commands in the Bible? Love one another. And we've already confessed we struggle to love our neighbour as ourselves. Love one another. It's said of the old Apostle John that when he was an old man and he would be wheeled out into the pulpit, he would just stand up and say, little children, dear children, love one another. Why? Because that is the law. Love the Lord and love your neighbour as yourself. And that is evangelism. When you're proclaiming the gospel, people will watch you and they will watch the church. The question is, what do they see? Do they see a church that lives out the gospel? Where it doesn't matter who you are, where you come from, what you've done, what you're like, you are welcome and you are loved and you are cared for. That when people mess up, they're not chucked out, but they're embraced and they're forgiven. Is that what people see? We need to, by God's grace, be in a church where everyone is loved, where everyone is cared for. Where we're full of different people who forgive one another, who are fast to love and care and slow to anger. People are watching and we need to make sure that we are living a Christian life. Wouldn't it be wonderful if our Jerusalem, Abigail said, see how they love one another, see how they love one another. But it's not just communicating and community. The third thing really we need to reach our Jerusalem is compassion. It's compassion. We see that in the book of Acts. We see it working out within the church. Compassion for the widows, caring for them. We also see it working out outside the church in healing people, in helping the poor. Really, the New Testament is flooded with compassion. Even the Lord Jesus gave the parable of the Good Samaritan for us to understand the importance of compassion. Just as Jesus stepped down into our world and gave himself for us, so too we must step into the worlds of our neighbours. We must be involved in the great and the good and the down and the difficult of our Jerusalem. We must be amongst people, loving people, being compassionate to people. We must firstly desire that they would be healed spiritually, come to know the Lord. But also when they are struggling financially, emotionally, psychologically, relationally, we need to help. I wonder how often are we checking on our neighbours at the moment who are lonely? How are we perhaps giving financially to those who are struggling? Do we just go, I'm okay? Or do we go, how can I help you? 
we need to have compassion. And really, that's one of the ways the church has grown over the years, is through its compassion. Um, in his great book, um, Dominion, by Tom Holland, he traces the history of the church and just shows how the church has changed the world. The church has changed the role of women by raising them up, and the church must continue to do that. The church has helped to abolish slavery, and today must continue to help abolish modern slavery. Even cannibalism is something that the church has affected. But things like hospitals, and we saw in our prayer meeting on Wednesday, an amazing work of hospitals and schools and colleges, those things historically and sometimes today have come from the church, from compassion. Our compassion should be culture-changing, world-changing. And that should be the case in our Jerusalem. You know, often when it comes to this, we tend to think in terms of projects. We need to stop thinking project that we can chuck money at. Rather, we need to think of people who we can love. I think for us as Cornerstone, and this is different for every church, I think for us as Cornerstone, we need to, for the moment, stop projects. And we need to cultivate a personality and a disposition and a heart of compassion. I wonder how more effective would we be as a church in 2021 if instead of just creating projects all the time that we shouted at other people to do and never did ourselves, how would it be if as each individual we got involved in compassion? Maybe just with our neighbour, just with someone in workplace who is struggling and we decide, you know what, every week we're going to meet up on Zoom we're going to have a coffee together and I'm just going to see how you're doing. Have compassion. Maybe getting involved in something like women's aid or age concern. Maybe going and volunteering on a phone line somewhere. How about instead of projects, we focused on people? And how about instead of saying you do it, we said I'm going to do it. This year I am freeing the decks. No projects. If you want to start a project, I'm not going to stop you, but I'm not going to start one. I am saying, get involved in your Jerusalem where you are. Be compassionate. It's up to you and you can do it. And that is part of the gospel. So what do we need to do? We need to communicate. We need to be in community as a church and we need to have compassion. I would say that when all three of those are in place, you hit a bullseye. You hit a bullseye, if I can put it that way. I don't think you can choose one over and above the others. I think ultimately, when people come to faith, they've heard about Jesus, they've got involved in a church or a group within church, and they've been shown compassion in one way or another. And that really is that perfect place. Now, here's the great, the great shocker that none of you are going to be shocked by. None of us can do all of them perfectly. None of us can do all of them perfectly. But the Great Commission is given to the church. Individuals within the church, but the church. And it's together that we do this. And so let me show you a very messy chart. You see, if all of us in our Jerusalem are communicating, being part of church community and being compassionate, actually the hitting, the bullseye increases. Why? Because they all overlap. They all overlap. Here's the amazing thing. You in your Jerusalem could be showing compassion to your neighbour. And someone else in your Jerusalem from their workplace could be sharing the gospel with them. And then someone else from a Jerusalem maybe in their social sphere 
could be telling them all about church. What I'm saying is, do what you can do where you are and trust God that he can see far more than we can do. That actually sometimes you might think you're the only person sharing the gospel with someone, but there could be another three. I love it when um, I get stories from some of you and you share me with me these amazing stories of, you know, so-and-so I've been praying for for years and now they're neighbours with this person or so-and-so I've been sharing the gospel with for so many years and now they've met this person. And it's as if there's a God who is in control of all things. And there is. And we need to trust that. So what must we do? Understand that your Jerusalem is where you live, where you work and where you socialise. And where you are, with the promise of the Holy Spirit, communicate Jesus. Be involved in church and love church, creating that, that irresistible community of faith. Be compassionate as much as you can in any way that you can. Look, is this difficult? Yes. Is this dangerous? Yes, you could, you could upset people. You could get in trouble. But we have a promise. You will be my witnesses. You will have power. You know, on the 3rd of January, I think it was, it was the anniversary of five American missionaries who went in to reach the Orca Indians in the Ecuador. They went in, five young men with young brides and young children at home. A few days later, they were found speared to death. When they went into that forest, the first thing they did was pray because they trusted in the power of God. And the second thing they did was sing a hymn together. They knew it from memory. It's a great hymn, we rest on thee. But yet, they were killed. However, three years later, some relatives of those martyred missionaries went back in, including one of the children of one of the men who was killed. And they went in and that tribe was one for Christ. Indeed, the very people who killed them were converted. God won. God is in control. We might not see everybody we pray for converted. We might not see everything that happens. But God is far more than we realise. So let's trust in him. Let's step out and let's rest on him, our own great weakness feeling.